Okay. All right. Welcome to the Avenue Road Midweek Breakdown. Uh, we are back with Carly. Hey. And with myself, Lucas. We are <laughs> here. It'd be awkward. If, like, it's awkward to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lucas. Um, we're here this week with uh, our, our last week, our last discussion around the topic of missions. We talked the last three Sundays. You might hear the phone ringing in the background, and that's only because Carly and I are both ignoring all office duties Sorry. right now. Uh, <laughs> so if someone from the church, if you were listening to a podcast and you were calling, you'll have to be getting this tomorrow. So if you were calling yesterday, we ignored you. We do apologize, but we were doing something good with our time. Um, we've been talking about missions and about being missional and mission living, uh, using as many Christian buzzwords as possible. And... Um, they're calling again. They're you really want to get a hold of us. Yeah, somebody's really, I think we're in trouble for something. That's the only time anybody actually calls. This is a side note. The only time anybody calls my extension is when they want to give me trouble for something. <laughs> um, yeah, so this week we were talking about missions, or last week. And uh, next week we will start on a new journey. We have a nine-week, I believe, eight or nine-week series on spiritual disciplines. So that'll be fun because spiritual disciplines, um, people typically don't think of them as fun, but I think they're awesome. I think they're so I don't know. I think they're fun. I think they're things that we never do in the church. Wow, well, not never. We hardly ever do. So it'd be some great conversation around things. Uh, I mean, like, we pray, but do we really corporately pray, individually pray? How do we pray? All kinds of things like that. Oh, now they're calling my extension again. Should we just start over? We're just going to ring it out. No, we're going to leave it. We're going to ring it out. They, they probably can't even hear it. They probably don't know what we're talking about. Um, so anyways, we're talking mission and missional living and, and, and missions. And so this week we talked about the... Uh, the musts of missions, uh, the musts of missions, and I gave four musts of missions, and uh, I guess a, a preface is that we know we're called to live on mission. We've talked about that a bit. We've, we know that we're called all to be on mission and to live missionally, um, but there's something to be said for how we act while we're there. It's something to be said for how, how, like how we live missionally. Like it's one thing to say, yeah, like, yeah, I'll be a missionary. I'll go. I'll live a life of mission. I'll be on mission. It's another thing to say, like, okay, what do I do and how do I act while I'm there? Because I think that's really important. Like, your motive is important, but also the character of you while you do the thing is important. Um, so I guess we can just dive right into the four must submissions, uh, and we'll talk and give our, our experience with them. And then um, if you've got any more musts that you think, you know, well, yeah, you guys really missed this one, absolutely leave us a comment let us know. Uh, in no way in this is this comprehensive. There are only four of them, and uh, I'm sure there are many, many more must submissions. But uh, – for now, we'll dive right in. So the first must, must of, I'm going to, that word must is going to be a tough word to say by the end of it. Um, you never get a word where you say it so many times that <laughs> it becomes not a word. That's what's happening already. So the first must of mission is uh, you must be friendly. And I picked this one first because I think, uh, I, I think honestly people were going to get the most mad at this one when I preached it. Um, <laughs> and I just was like, let's start them on a bang. Let's start them all riled up. Uh, you must be friendly. And. And what I literally mean by this is you, you must be friendly. You must be warm and welcoming and, and inviting and accepting and loving. Like you must be what it means to genuinely be friendly. Not like fake friendly where like you walk by each other in the hall and you're like, oh, hey, how you doing, Marge? And she's like, oh, you know, great, Luke, good to see you. And then you walk away and you're like, oh, I just want to punch her in the face, right? Like <laughs> that's not friendly. That's fake friendly. We're called to genuinely be friendly. Like to see people walk in our doors who – dress differently maybe they smell a little bit maybe maybe they don't look like the people would associate with reg regularly and we're called to literally 
go say hello and be a friendly person. Be welcoming, be inviting, be accepting, be loving, be encouraging, be friendly. But I don't think we do that all the time in church. Like, I don't know, Carly, what do you, what's your, you've been around the church for a long time. <laughs> Is it fair to say Bye. that there are some very <laughs> yes. unfriendly people in the church? Absolutely. I mean, people are still people. Um, and I think that some things are, <laughs> no matter, no matter what you've surrounded yourself with, like surrounding yourself with Christianity doesn't naturally mean that you're just going to be a nicer person. There's a lot of people in the church. There's a lot of parts of the church that are not friendly. They're not welcoming. And that's a, that's a problem that obviously is a lot of churches are trying to work against, but I'm not even thinking church wise. Like when I'm thinking about being on mission, um, just in life, Mm. um, I'm thinking of like day to day, your workplace, like (laughs) the grocery store. Like when you think about being friendly, um, and on mission, there are, it's, I feel like it's a lot easier to put on this like fake sense of friendliness. Um, when you're at church, uh, it's a lot easier to let that go when you're not. Yeah. And I think that it creates a really unhealthy inauthenticity in a lot of Christians where the people there around, they're so worried about being, um, a bad witness and like I've been here like they're so worried about being a bad witness that they um they just like won't really let people get to know them and they'll just kind of keep things surface level for the sake of being nice and friendly and to exemplify Christ well and I don't think that that always exemplifies Christ well either I don't think that Christ wasn't shallow no I think and I think what I say when I mean like yeah to be friendly at the church I mean the church not the building on a Sunday morning. I mean, yeah, if you're friendly for an hour on Sunday morning, you're not friendly. You're, you're <laughs> pretending. Like, you're pretending to be friendly. But when I say, like, the church be friendly, I mean Christians. Like, I mean you and me and all of us. Like, mm-hmm. we are the church, and we are called to be friendly. And I think you do a severe injustice to the gospel when you're just a grumpy old ass. Like, when you're just a grumpy old man or a grumpy old, like, a crotchy old lady, like, you do a huge injustice to the gospel because, like, uh, who who looks at a room full of 20 grumpy people and says, you know what? Yeah, sign me up. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to be part of that. Like, where do I get a member's card? Uh, how can I start giving money to this? And how can I be part of it? Like, no one looks at that and goes, I want to be part of it. Right? And I think, like, there, you're right. There's, there's friendliness, but I think friendliness also accompanies, like, a, an authenticity to being a friend. Like, yeah. Jesus' best friends were his disciples, and at one point he turns to Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. Like, I love my friends, but I've never called any of them Satan, right? But I mean, really friendliness, right? <laughs> um, friendliness accompanies, like, accompanied with friendliness is authenticity, is realness. So it's not a fake friendliness that says, like, oh, my friend is a complete jerk. I'm just going to pretend it's okay with me because I'm being friendly. Like, no, you're not being a real friend. Like, so I think we need to remember that friendliness is real and authentic, and we are humans. We're not going to be perfect, but at the same time, no one wants to be part of something where people aren't warm and welcoming and inviting and friendly. Yeah. Like we want that. That's why, that's literally why Walmart has greeters. <laughs> like Walmart gets it. Walmart is like, Hey, we need to pay someone to stand up front and say hello. Right. Walmart gets it. If Walmart understands the value in being friendly and being warm and welcoming, like how, how can we as a church be like, all right, like that's a Walmart thing. No, no, that's a, 
person. That's us thing. We're called to be friendly people. And, and I can tell. I know that there's some grumpy old person right now that's saying, well, I'm not a friendly person and Jesus loves me as I am. And true. Absolutely. <laughs> Jesus loves you as you are. You are sure. He loves you that much, but he also loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay that way, hmm. right? Like we're all called the things that we're not great at. I know, I use this example on Sunday, I'm unequivocally called to be patient. I am called to be a patient person and show patience. And my friends that know me show that I, they know I struggle with patience. It's not something I'm great at. Just take a car ride with me to Toronto. Like I'm not patient, but I'm learning. I'm trying. It would be wrong for me to say, like, I'm not patient and that's okay. I can stay this way because God loves me as I am. Like, false. God loves me as I am, but also wants me to grow. Like, wants me to become more shaped in his image. Wants me to be more like him. So if you're sitting there thinking, I'm like, I'm not friendly and I don't have to change. Like, well, you should. Because is somebody looking at your unfriendliness and saying, I want to be part of Jesus? Because... I know some very friendly people, the kind of friendliness that are so contagious, you can't, you can't help but just smile and be in a better mood around them. And I know people look at them and go, I want what you have. Like, I want what you got. How do I get it? And the answer is Jesus. And so I know that their friendliness is a witness and your unfriendliness is also a witness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think too, there, like, there are people, um, I mean, the church is made up of a body of many, many, many people, many different kinds of people. And some people are just warmer than others mm-hmm. and it's not it's not for lack of trying and it's not because they don't want to love other people well it's just that they naturally aren't as warm as some people and i think that that's part of even just utilizing people's gifts well yeah. like <laughs> you don't like you're not going to hire or like using the walmart example you're not going to take like the most in their head intellectual like pretty stiff person and put them as a Walmart greeter, you're going to choose the person who's, like, the warmest, mm-hmm. kindest, like, easiest to talk to. Um, I th- Yeah, I think there's many ways to show love, and there's many different ways to receive love, too. So when you walk into a church, if you're not somebody I, – I remember walking into dorm for the first time when I went to college, and I, my RA greeted me with such a bubbly demeanor, and I immediately was like, oh. This is going to be a really long year yeah. because I just, I, I, I wasn't expecting, or I just wasn't wanting like so much all the time. And it, we ended up becoming best friends because yeah. that was just like, she was a lot <laughs> more, more chill afterwards. Um, but not everybody, everybody kind of receives that differently. So yeah, I don't know. I you think can... like friendliness, you don't have to, you don't have to be in your face, yeah. bubbly, overbearing. Like that might be like mm, a little too friendly. Um, <laughs> But I mean, yeah, I think I think you're right. Like, I I wouldn't I wouldn't put the person who's working on their friendliness to be the, the greeter on a Sunday morning at the door. But I'm gonna tell them that they should aspire to get oh, yeah. to a point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, some people are just naturally better at being friendly, for <laughs> sure. Um, and but I mean, for the rest of us, like, I'm not always the most friendly person. I know that I have to aspire to be more friendly. And to work at that in me so that I can use my friendliness, my warmth, my welcoming as, 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 a, as a witness of the gospel. And, mm. yeah, I think that's the point is that, yeah, absolutely, not everyone is the most friendly, but I think we have to work at it. It's okay uh, to say, you know what, it's not one of my giftings, not one of my skills. I'm working on it. It's just not okay to say I'm not friendly and I don't care. 
And I, I know too many Christians that are not friendly people and they just don't care. They, they don't believe that they're called to be friendly. They don't think that they have to be a friendly, warm, inviting person. They, they believe they're allowed to be old and crotchety. And I don't know what's made people that way. I sincerely hope I never grow up to be that kind of old crotchety person. But, um, yeah, I think we're called to be friendly. And this isn't to say that all old people aren't friendly. I know lots of old people that are some of the, some of the oldest people I know are the most friendly people I know. If you ever want to meet the friendliest person you'll ever meet, come see the two people on our Sunday morning. We have Margaret and we have Michael. Margaret is, she's, she's 80s or 90s. I never know because she looks so good for her age. And she's one of the most friendly people in the world. And she's also given me quite a big group of heck when I gave my wife a peck on the cheek uh, on church. She told me pastors aren't supposed to kiss their wives at church. So she's the most friendly person you'll ever meet, but she's also confident to say like, hey, Luke, I don't, I don't like that. And so that's, I think, a good example of it. But uh, before we beat friendliness to death, yeah, no, uh, no. We'll, we'll move on to <laughs> the next one. And this is one we've talked about uh, on the podcast already, but you must be forgiving. And we talked about this, but I just want to mention it again because I really, I really do think that this is one of the weakest areas of the church is that we're not forgiving. We talk about forgiveness and we, we, we preach a gospel of forgiveness and then we withhold forgiveness all the time. Like we don't forgive people when they've hurt us. We don't forgive people who we've clashed with. You know, Joe on the, you know, property board angered me when he said we should paint this, this color instead of that color. And, and I've hated Joe for 10 years, right? Like we hold that kind of garbage grudges. Uh, there's still, there is still someone who's so angry at me that has left the church. They, in the last week have put four bags of dog crap on my driveway, four bags Four. it's, it's not, we're over 10 bags of dog crap have been bagged up and, and not just like placed at the end of my driveway where the garbage collected, like they've hocked them. My driveway is about 70 feet long. So they've hocked them about 15 feet into my driveway. So someone is out there is so angry and bitter at me and not forgive me for something that I've ruined them for, for probably something that I've said that they didn't like, that they are throwing their dog poop on my driveway every, every week. And it's one of those things that I'm just like, you're, you're not hurting me. You're not like, you're not hurting me. Like I have two dogs. And you've bagged up your dog crap. Like, it doesn't bother me. Like, I'll dr- I literally can drive by, open my car door, pick it up, and saucer it into my garbage bag when I drive down the laneway. It literally doesn't hurt me. But you are hurting yourself by holding that kind of anger and bitterness and resentment inside. So, like, when we choose not to forgive, we don't hurt the person that we're not forgiving. We, we only hurt ourselves. There's something powerful about letting go of that that lack of forgiveness when you just choose you know what i'm gonna let this bitterness go i'm gonna let this resentment go and let this anger go and i'm gonna forgive this person and and maybe you don't have to tell them like maybe maybe you don't have to call them and go out of your way and say like hey i forgive you maybe that'll maybe that'll bring another fight out maybe you just need to let it go inside to you maybe you just need to say i forgive you and i'm not gonna hold this anymore and you let it go and i mean carly have you ever i don't i don't know i'll put you on the spot here have you ever felt what it's like to have a bitterness inside you like an anger or resentment like a lack of forgiveness and then decide to let it go like (laughs) to give it up and say i'm letting this go and like if you have what did that feel like and if you haven't then we'll just move on but (laughs) um i mean i can think of specific examples in my life when um i had to choose to move on from anger or choose to move on from unforgiveness i think that um 
a lot of times, like if it's family related, mm. um, it's ongoing. So so it's it's almost like day by day. You kind of have to take what's going on and like let what is going on go, or like let what's what's come and passed just go. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it's a it's a tricky thing. Forgiveness is tricky, not because. Um, not because it's impossible um, and not because there it's not like specific to each person like obviously like you said it doesn't have to be doesn't have to look the same always but um, but I think that just even if there's not resolution um, you need to learn how to uh, treat somebody mm in a forgiving manner or at least like in your, yeah, in your own heart, like decide like what this person's doing is not going to control me forever and is not going to, um, yeah, is not going to make me angry and resentful and bitter. Um, there is so much growth that can come from forgiveness. Yeah. Um, but we, we have to submit to it and it, yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're exactly right. And I think you, you said exactly, you have to submit it. And you have to let it go in your heart. You're absolutely right. Like it may, your relationship with that person may never, never look like what it was like before. Yeah. Like there's people that have wounded me so deeply. Uh, I never want to hang out with them again. I never want to, you know, bring them into my life and allow them to really hurt me that way. Right now, at least, I don't want that. Maybe in five years, I'll have gotten to a place where I've healed enough to allow that and want them back in my life. Right now, I just have to work and, like you said, every day remind myself that I'm forgiving them. And this person who's hurt me. I forgive them. I'm not going to hold on to bitterness. I'm not going to hold on to resentment. I'm not going to hold on to anger. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to choose to let that go. I'm going to choose to submit it to Jesus and say, like, this this wound, I don't hold on to anymore. I don't want to harbor bitterness or anger or resentment at that person. And so I choose to let it go. I choose to let it go. I choose to submit it. And you're, you're I think you touched on it. It may be a daily thing. Mm-hmm. It might be something where every day you got to wake up and say, okay, today I will not harbor unforgiveness. But I think eventually it might not be a daily thing. It might be a weekly thing. It might be an on on occasion thing. It might be a once a year that memory is brought back up and you got to choose to say, no, 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 I've forgiven this, right? But I think you're right. That that, that doesn't mean we have to let that, that, like, I guess, painful or or hurting person or hurtful person, I should say, back into your life to hurt you. Yeah. Um, Wounds are real, and wounds take time to heal. And you you may allow them back in one day. You don't know, and I don't know what what the future holds for that person. But I think the key is to say, like, you know, forgiveness starts inside inside of you, and then you let it go. You submit it. And, and yeah, let yourself heal. Let God heal you, I should say. And, uh, yeah, that's, the I think, the most important thing about forgiveness is that you're not hurting the other person by harboring that unforgiveness. Like, I'm not hurt. Are the four bags of dog crap? I laugh every time. It honestly gives me a great chuckle, and I go, "This is outrageous! Like this is so, so ridiculous! Like you're not even burning me well. Like I don't know, put it on my doorstep in a paper bag. Like didn't they do that in movies? Don't like them ideas. don't light it on fire though. <laughs> <laughs> That'll scare my wife. But I mean, like my wife and I genuinely laugh. But then I feel sorrow because I'm like, there's someone out there who is so bitter and so resentful and harboring such unforgiveness at me that they're still holding on to it. This has been going on for months. And it's like, my heart hurts then thinking like, oh, like I wish, I wish you would let this go so that you can heal. Because like, I don't even know who it is. So obviously you're not hurting me by doing it. And yeah, that's, I, th- I, th- 
I think that's the thing that the church needs to really, really work on is, is forgiving. We really need to learn to forgive one another and forgive others. Like we should be able to sit in rooms with the people that we disagree with and that we, we uh, you know, argue against. I mean, that's what the early church did. They constantly had disagreements and they would constantly have arguments and discussions and debates and they loved one another so much that they, if they caused offense by their arguments, they were so quick to forgive. They were so quick to move past it. They didn't harbor this bitterness or resentment. So I think that's important. So must number two was, uh, you must forgive. So we got, we must be friendly. We must forgive. The next one was, you must be on fire. And yeah, <laughs> I, originally the word was fervent, but I mean, honestly, even I have to look that word up every once in a while, so forget. <laughs> so I just made it on fire. You have to be on fire. And this one is real, and I think it comes in light of the verse in Revelation. I think it's to the church in Laodicea. It might be the church in Smyrna. And either one of the two, anyways, look it up in Revelation. It's either Revelation 5 or Revelation 2. And... Jesus basically says, because you are neither cold nor hot, you are lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. He says, I wish you were one or the other, but you are neither cold nor hot, and so I spit you out of my mouth. And I think, uh, I think on ch- in church, we, uh, in the Christian community church, I think we, sh- we, we, we've maybe lost a little bit about that on fire. We are, we're lukewarm. We're happy to come on a Sunday morning and sing our songs for 20 minutes, and listen to a guy ramble on for 25 minutes, and hear a couple nice prayers, and go home, and then live our lives like it didn't impact us, and live our lives just the same as we've been living. And I really think we need to be more on fire. And what does it look like to be on fire? Well, I mean, it means utterly devoted, or passionately committed to, or entirely dedicated to. Um, I use the analogy on Sunday of a sports fan, and I and I used American football fans. Uh, American football fans, you guys are you guys are crazy on fire. Like you guys are the most passionate football, or I mean passionate fans of anything. I I see people like that are willing to spend hundred thousand dollars to go see their team play in the Super Bowl, and I'm like I wouldn't spend a hundred dollars because like that's a hundred dollars. That's a lot of money when you're when you're a pastor, and I'm like a hundred thousand dollars, and you're willing to spend that. I see people with like their team names tattooed on their body. And admittedly, there's someone in our church, uh, Drew has a, a, his team tattooed on his body. He's a huge fan. And that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything bad about being committed to a sports team, but I'm saying that utter devotion, that's what we're supposed to have to Jesus. Um, Carly, what do you think about what it means when we say you have to be on fire for Christ? What do you think that means? Like, what are we saying when we say you have to be on fire for Christ? Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky because I think uh, I think there's been a bit of an allowance for, um, or just, I don't know, we talk about North America as really failing in this area, which, I mean, I think it's person to person too. Like, where is your heart? Um, is your heart on fire for Christ? Is your uh, heart on mission? Are you um, seeking God fervently? <laughs> Drop that word. Fervent. Um, <laughs> fervent. But, yeah, it's... It's hard. It's it's scary to think of yourself as as lukewarm because you won't know. You wouldn't know. Mm. It doesn't necessarily. Um, you don't always feel that way. Um, and I think that we get really caught up in worrying about it. Uh, and I think that if you're if you are really worried about being lukewarm, you're probably not that lukewarm. Like I think that you. I think that um, there are definitely people in the church, no matter what church you go to, that really don't care about being there. And mm. it's way more about routine and it's way more about expectation than it is about a personal relationship with Christ. Right. 
Um, but then I see people coming out on Sunday mornings who would literally do anything, mm-hmm. um, would, would express their faith in any way that they felt um, was relevant and needed in a church. Uh, and I don't think... I don't think it has to be even that intense, um, but I think that there is just a heart position of of people who are genuinely seeking God mm-hmm. and who want to be here and who uh, and some people struggle with the church and I and I get that and I I think that there is room for um, for those who may not even may not still like coming out on a Sunday morning but who are still on fire for God like I mm. I I think there is room for people who struggle with. Uh, with some of the politics of church and mm. some of the not so friendly great areas of church, but yeah, I think there's always room for that openness. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, yeah. yeah, I think you're right too, though. Like, like on fire is not necessarily like the person who's up at the front dancing, speaking in tongues, and waving their hands. They might be on fire. Yeah. They may not be. They they may be like it's a heart position. Um, and I think you're right though about the. The on fire, like the willingness to, to kind of do anything you are called and committed to. Um, I'm thinking of our 24 hour prayer uh, event that we had a few weeks back, and there were a few people that signed up for the first half hour and then emailed me during the 24 hours, like, hey, can I come again? Like, hey, can I come again? Like, I, I want to come back. I want to come back again. Uh, could I sign, like, can I have another hour? Like, they were, they were so passionate about spending that time in prayer that they just they wanted to do more they couldn't help but do more and then there are people who think that there's no reason they needed to come to church between friday and saturday there are people that said uh i'll i pray on sunday and i was like okay like that like you only pray on sunday you're not willing to give up another half hour at any point of your of your week just to spend some time in prayer and i was like is that is that on fire or is that lukewarm? But I think you're right. There is something to be said for self-reflection. Like if you are constantly checking yourself, thinking, am I right? Am I on fire? Am I am I following the right path? I think you're probably close. Like I think you're probably, you might be not fully engulfed. Yeah. You might be like two thirds <laughs> engulfed, right? Like, but I think if you are constantly self-reflecting, I, this is a this is a part what I, I would say, this is part of the spiritual disciplines. It's a, it's a discipline of self-reflection. Hmm. You are constantly checking yourself checking your motives, checking your temperature. I think you're all right. I think you're on the right path. But I think it's those people who you're absolutely right. Like they're going to come on Sunday um, because they come every Sunday because mm-hmm. that's what they have always done. And that's what's expected of them. And they will sit in the same pew. They'll never volunteer for anything. They'll never come out to an event. They'll never, you know, they'll never be on any boards or they'll never do anything. Their 10% will be their 10%. That's what they give forever. And that's what's expected of them. And to that, I just, it, it's a challenge to me. And I don't, I don't want to judge someone else's heart. Some of those people might be passionately committed and they just don't show it by getting involved in church life. And that's fine. So I'm not trying to condemn anyone. But I mean, on fire to me indicates giving more than an hour of your time once mm-hmm. a week. You know, um, someone who's on fire for the Toronto Maple Leafs is going to watch every game. Even that's more than an hour a week, right? Someone who's on fire at Toronto Maple Leafs is probably going to make it out to a few of their home openers. Yeah. Like, they're probably going to own a few jerseys. They're going to talk about them. They're going to study the stats. Like, I know a guy in my grad school who can tell you most stats about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Jared, who is just a stats guy. <laughs> I knew it was Jared. Yeah, I, I didn't even have to say it, and Carly was like, that's Jared. He's just one of those guys. He, he knows stats. He's he's And I'm not saying he's not on fire for Jesus. He's also on fire for Jesus. But I know he's on fire for the Maple Leafs. He loves <laughs> hockey. I don't know if he can skate or play, but he's on fire for it. 
And that's what I'm think. You know, I see in his life he's dedicated to that, and I'm like, <laughs> are people as dedicated to Jesus as we are mm-hmm. to sports? Are we as dedicated to Jesus as we are to the newest episode of Gossip Girl? Right? Like the Bachelor comes <laughs> I out. I was dated. I was dated. I'm old. What's 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 new and relevant and cool? The Bachelor. I don't, I don't know. My wife watches The Bachelor. I don't know. Whatever new show. But you know what I mean. I look at it and go, I'm on fire, and I'm like, what? What are we on fire for? If we looked at your Netflix history and your Bible app history, which do you spend more time in? And right, I, I, I mean, I hope it's, I'm not trying to guilt anyone, but at the same time, I'm trying to convict a little bit and say like, what are you on fire for? Like, what's that? (laughs) But guilt. But guilt, right? (laughs) Like, I mean, and it's okay. We're all, we're going to go through seasons. We're going to have times where we fluctuate. Like a fire wanes and waxes and then bursts back to life when we feed it again. So, I mean, there's going to be times in our life where like, oh, jeepers, like I'm just not, not as on fire as I should be. And maybe we need to be poured into. Maybe we need someone to, to stoke the fire a little bit. We need something to, to fan us back into a flame. But yeah, I think the point is we're, we're supposed to be on fire. Like we're called to be on fire. We're not called to be lukewarm. Like most people I know will never drink a lukewarm drink. Like a lukewarm coffee, like barely, barely warm coffee. I just got chills thinking about that. Yeah. See, I, and see I'm a weirdo because like I'll drink my coffee piping hot. I'll drink it lukewarm and I'll drink it cold. It doesn't bother me. I'm like, hey, I'll drink whatever. <sighs> just coffee. Let's get, let's get it in the veins. But <laughs> Most people aren't like that. They either want a hot beverage or a cold beverage, lukewarm, like room temperature. Like if I handed you a room temperature beer, most people would be like, this is disgusting. Like get this away from me. I'm not drinking this. We want a nice cold beverage. Or if I handed you like a lukewarm coffee, like here, I put this in the microwave for 10 seconds. You'd be like, no, 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 please no. Right? So be on fire. Let's, let's be on fire. Let's be fervent. Right? I like that word. Let's bring that back. Um, let's move to the last one because we're going to get close on time here. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the very last one. The very last one we talked about was you must be faithful. And we've talked about this a bit, so we don't need to harp on it too much. But faithful. What we mean by this is is kind of two things. We A, mean um, that when things get tough, we keep trying. We, we mean when things get tough in, in, in our life, we don't give up. Uh, when things start to fall apart, when we've lost our job or when when our family is going through hard times or we're dealing with emotional stress, we're dealing with all these things, we don't give up. We're faithful and, and we keep pressing on. And the second part of faithful is that we're faithful to this mission. We don't give up on the mission. It means that like if you've been praying for that friend of yours who you work with and you've been praying for them for five years, you don't give up and say, look, I'm praying for five years. They're never going to meet Jesus. I'm going to move on to someone else right? You keep praying for them. Even if it takes 80 years of you praying for that person, in that 80th year, if they come to Jesus, then it was all worth it, right? It was all worth it every one of those days. So, I mean, we got to be faithful in our own personal lives, but we have to be faithful to the mission. And it's not always going to be easy. Um, As a Christian or as a church, you're going to go through things that make you question the mission. You're going to go through times where your church maybe declines when you're when you're really calling out sin or calling on unhealth and your church experiences some people walking away and, and you may question and go like, Ooh, should we just, should we just move on? Should we just give up? Should we, should we call quits on this thing and kind of scatter everyone? But you have that choice to say like, no, I'm going to be faithful to this mission. I'm going to be faithful to, to what we're called to. I'm going to be faithful to telling people about Jesus. I'm going to be faithful to living a life uh, worthy of Christ. So I think there's twofold for that faithful. But like, if I asked you, Carl, like, why is it, and why if you're gonna live missionally, 
if you want to live a life of mission, be it here or globally, uh, locally, globally, be it personally or, you know, communally, why is, is faithful living part of living missionally? Because you'll never see the fruit of something that you're not faithful to. Mm, that was deep. <laughs> that was a very good, like, Bible college, one sentence, cataclysmic answer. You're welcome, Heritage, mm -hmm. representing you. Shout out to Heritage for <laughs> training them up right. No. Uh, I mean, yeah, but. Um. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I think that when you are, it's funny, there's, this is what's going through my head, which is funny, but um, at work, at, like I work at a coffee shop as well, and um, there was a song that came on, and my coworker uh thought it was just so cute because there was a line that said like the best advice we ever got was to stay together mm. and and obviously that was it's talking about um <laughs> love or whatever but um love. <laughs> love but I think that we are really <laughs> I mean not not everybody is like this but I think that it it is pretty culturally normal to um and just normal is human beings we like we like to walk away from things that are hard right um because you give up yeah it's yeah. way easier to give up oh my gosh and like sometimes it it seems like the right thing and sometimes it is the right thing sometimes it is the right thing to walk sure. away i'm not talking well we're not talking about marriage here because i've not come to get on that topic but just like <laughs> um but there are times in your life when it's going to be the better choice to walk away from something that's bad Absolutely. um or that's not going well but there is a lot of times that the better thing, the best advice you'll ever get is to stick with it. Yeah. And you will experience, you won't experience fruit of your labor if you don't continue your labor. Mm. Um, so, yeah. And I think you, I think you touched on something that I hadn't even thought about. I think sometimes walking away is the faithful response. Mm -hmm. Sometimes walking away is the faithful response. It, it just might be, you're not faithful to that thing anymore you're faithful to a higher calling yeah right you're faithful absolutely. to to your general mission right so absolutely i think at times we're called to the faithful response is to say you know what god like i i can't be in this or i can't do this um so lord i have to walk out but i need you to carry on like god some send someone else in my stead send mm -hmm. someone else in my absence um and send me somewhere else. Let me go somewhere. Let me be in another place. I think you're right. There are times absolutely the faithful response is is to walk away. Um, yeah. I just think that, yeah, you're – it's so easy to quit in culture. It is so easy to quit. It is the, you know, cancel culture, quit culture. It is – it's easier to give up than it is to carry on. Um, and and I, I use the analogy of the gym in a lot of things because I think the gym um, is a great – like personal fitness is a great analogy for how life is. Like it is so much easier to quit the gym than it is to go every day at 7 a.m. It is way easier for me to become probably unhealthy than it is to for, for me to be uber healthy. Like mm -hmm. it's easier to eat McDonald's and often tastier. McDonald's, <laughs> shout out, sponsor this podcast. It is way <laughs> easier. But I know that I have to, if I want to see the rewards of my dedication to personal fitness, then I have to keep at it. it. It could take two years, three years, four years, whatever it takes. But if I want to see those rewards, I have to be faithful to it. And faithful means always, not just like one or two days a week, right? Um, so those are the musts of missions. And again, those are four musts. We must be friendly. We must be forgiving. We must be on fire or fervent. And we must be faithful.
there are absolutely more. There are many more musts of missions, but I think that's a good head start. That's a good place to start. That's a good place to be your jumping off point for living a life on mission, be it living a life on mission in your job or workplace or school or being uh, living a life on mission, you know, headed over to Togo or Tanzania or wherever God is calling you. Uh, thanks for listening to the Avenue Road Midweek Breakdown. We hope you're enjoying these. Leave us a comment. Leave us some feedback. Rate us on iTunes. Go to iTunes and rate us on there. Uh, leave us a comment. Leave us a feedback. Send us an email, avenueroad at rogers.com. Let us know what you think. Uh, if you've got suggestions, topics you want us to deal with, things that you want us to break down, or if you just want to send us some hate mail, that's fine too. I mean, go ahead and express that. Get that anger out if you have to. Uh, but then just remember that we're called to be forgiving after. So please email that directly to me. Yes, right to Carly. Uh, and she will send it straight to the junk pile. No, I'm just kidding. She will read it. And if there is even a tiny nugget of truth, we will take that and we will use we will it to make. We only take that nugget of yeah, truth. Yeah, we will only take the nugget of truth. But we will use it to make ourselves better uh, in mm-hmm. any way that we can. So thanks for listening. Share this with your friends. Tell everybody about this podcast. And let's uh, continue living a life worthy of the calling to which we are called to. All right. Bye for now.